0: So it's so good to be with you tonight. Can't believe we have only three weeks left. So we have this week, two more Thursdays, and then a Tuesday night gathering. And the whole Tuesday thing, just so I can explain it. A couple of weeks ago, we announced that we're moving our services to Tuesday nights next year because this space is getting too small for us, especially in the fall when you got or you're packing it out. So or the next space, which sounds crazy, it's about like so much bigger. Or uh, is Lang Auditorium, and we're just believing that God is going to fill that place up this next year. We're believing for revival. So Mackenzie was singing about revival, and, and maybe, or maybe you don't know what that is, but it's something where God begins to, like, awaken sleeping hearts. He's, he's bringing to life dead hearts, and then all of a sudden people are wanting to know about Jesus. And I think that's what's going to happen here on this campus. I just believe that God is going to start waking people up all across this campus, and I believe that God is going to fill that room up. It's a step of faith. It's a, it's a huge step of faith, but we're believing for that. So this last Tuesday... For this semester, the last Tuesday, we're going to go in there and just have a preview night. It's our Vision Tuesday night, and I'm just going to talk about where I believe God is leading our group. So I hope you guys can come to that, but there's still two more Thursdays here in the CAC. And, yeah, so I'm just believing that the best is still yet to come this semester. I think at this point in the semester, it's easy to kind of coast. Like, I'm wanting to coast. like That's my natural thing. You know, it's April. I'm kind of ready for summer, water parks, come on, beaches, stuff like that. It sounds like fun. But, but there's still three weeks left. And I'm believing that God is going to move. I'm believing that God's going to heal more people. God's going to save more people. It's cool for the water baptisms. But we already got three people who are getting baptized. I pray that there's more. God's still doing things. So that's kind of the heart behind the sermon series Can't Stop, Won't Stop. Uh, it's, it's not about, uh, I was going to call her, um, yeah, Miley Cyrus. I was going to say Hannah Montana. That's not her anymore, obviously. It's not about Miley Cyrus or the Young Guns or whoever did a song about this back in the day. But anyways, this is about going hard in our faith. It's about going into summer, sprinting, and not, you know, limping. Because I feel like a lot of us are just like, oh, I'm so tired. It's summer. I'm just going to kind of roll into summer because I'm beat. Because classes are busy. Like, I can't share my faith with my friends. I can't read my Bible. It's way too busy up in here. But I'm believing that this group of students right here, as a group, we can sprint in the summer. Keep going hard after Jesus every Thursday. And believing that God can do the impossible on our campus. So that's the heart behind the series. And, and last week we kicked it off and we talked about this verse from James, I think it's chapter 4, where James says, your life is a mist. He's just putting things in perspective for us and saying, hey, in the grand scheme of eternity, your life is just a little mist. And we talked about what that means for us. And I said, if our life is a mist, then we don't have time to waste it on things that don't really matter. So last week we talked about that, just getting our perspective correct. And then tonight, it's one of my favorite passages. We're talking about Peter when he walked on the water and just what kind of faith that took to step out of the boat and to walk on water and believing that God is going to spark just this heart of faith in this group because I want to be a group of people who step out into the unknown who don't just play it safe who face fear right in the face and say I'm still going for it. I'm going I'm living by faith that's the way I want this group to be that's the way I want me to be I'm not there yet I'm praying God help me to live by faith and to not live by fear like I don't have it all figured out That's what God wants to do in our group. And that's the whole idea of going into LANG. We're just living by faith and not by fear. You know, we're not scared. Oh, what if we don't fill it up? Okay, we're probably not going to fill it up the first night. There's 800 seats in there. But I'm believing it's at least going to be full enough where we don't look silly. And if we do look silly, who cares? Because we're believing that God is going to do the impossible. And we're making room for more people. Because you bring about 20 more people in here, it's packed out. And I believe God wants to say way more than 20 people. Way more than 20 people. Here's the reality there's 12,000 students on our campus and only 1,000, actually quite a bit less at this point in the year because people stopped going to campus ministries. So about 1,800 maybe, 700 down there. About those many students go to a campus ministry. So there's 11,000 students who are not connected to a campus ministry. I just want to go for that group of students. Say, God's not done with you. God loves you. Go for them and fill that sucker up. Think about that. It's 800 people in Lang Hall. And 11,000 students, I think God can do 10%. That's not even 10%, but God can do that. Let's go. I'm believing that this next year, God is going to do incredible things. People are going to be looking all around from our state and our region and say, what in the world is God doing at you and I? We're believing for just a miraculous move of the Holy Spirit. Because just like that verse says, the same Spirit who who raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. And if that's the case, then we should live our lives a little bit differently. Full of faith, going into our fears and saying, God, you're going to hold on to me. God, I got you. I'm just going to hold on to you. This is scary, but I'm going for it. And that's what I want to be as a group. So that's what the message is about tonight. And we're pretty much done, so see you later. I'm kidding. That's not it. But B-dubs, let's go. All right. So, yeah, so I have some stories of stepping out in faith and and into just, like, unknown worlds for me. So one thing for me, and I've talked about this once before, uh, was I grew up with a stutter, grew up with anxiety, and I was, like, you know, when I considered what I wanted to do when I was older. I said, God will do anything besides public speaking. I hate public speaking. And uh, I was so bad, guys, that sometimes I wouldn't go to school, so I wouldn't have to be called on in class. That's how bad it was. It was serious anxiety, serious stuttering. And actually, the stutter wasn't that bad. But I made it way big in my head, like, oh, what if I stutter? No one really cares. No one's listening to me talk anyways. No one cares. So, but, uh, but I knew by the time I was in middle school, I knew that God wanted to do something in my life that required this public speaking. I thought for a while, maybe it's politics. Heck no, not now. Uh, and I just considered some different things. I was like, if I'm gonna do this, then I need to start stepping out in faith and not hiding from my fears. That's what I did before. I just hid, I'm never gonna speak in front of the class. I'm never gonna read aloud in class. So I started to take small steps of faith, and, and eventually I had to take steps of faith because we had speech class. I didn't want to get an F, you know? That's, that's a pretty good thing to push you out there. And, and the thing I found was that as I stepped out in faith, every time, Every single time. I did way better than I thought I would. And God held on to me. Yeah, there were some times I talked really fast. I was stuttering a little bit. But God held on to me and I made it through. And then when I became a freshman here at UNI, there was this moment at Fall Retreat. It's an awesome experience. Come to Fall Retreat next year. It's going to be September 16th through 18th. I'm telling you, way ahead of time. So you can't have any excuses about work. Uh, Incredible time. So just ask it off now. Just text your boss. All right. So at Fall Retreat... And I always kind of knew this in my heart, but I had walked away from the Lord and kind of did my own thing for a couple of years. So I thought, hey, you know, I can't do ministry if if I'm not living my life. But God just wrecked me the summer before my freshman year. And then at fall retreat, God just spoke to me and said, Daniel, stop running from the call. You're called to be a pastor. And I said, okay, I'm really scared, though, because I don't want to speak in front of people. Like, I would freak out before I spoke in front of people. Like, I'm not going to do that every week, Lord. I'm thinking that. But God just said, just trust me. And I took steps of faith, and, and first I preached in a youth group, and then I preached at Kyle one time as a sophomore, and then I preached in churches, and then God called me to come here or come back here, or I'd left for a couple of years and come back here to be the pastor. I'm like, how am I going to do this every week? But God got me through every step of the way. He just said, come out to the water. I'm going to hold you every step of the way. And now I love preaching. I love speaking. I couldn't imagine, like, not doing this every week. It's, or it's my passion. It's my favorite thing to do throughout the week. So there may be some things in your life or some fears Some things that are just kind of staring you down, but God wants you to tackle those fears. And that's what this whole sermon is about tonight. We can't live by fear. We have to live by faith. And if we live by fear, then our life is not going to be what God destined it to be. Because God has a plan for each of us. God has a destiny for your life. Do not let fear dictate your decisions. Because you never know what's on the other side of that door. That door that seems scary, walk through it. Have faith, trust in God. If you are a Christian, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, God will get you through. And that doesn't just apply for big life decisions. There's that person in your class that's not a Christian. And you keep thinking, I've got to share my faith with that person. But you, you get scared because it's kind of awkward to bring it up. Let's be honest, unless it's natural. It's pretty awkward to bring it up. But God is calling you, don't live by fear, live by faith. That person is a potential son or daughter of God. And if you share the gospel with them, who knows what God could do? There's a ton of people in this room who, before this year, they weren't saved. What if no one stepped out in faith and shared the gospel with them? They wouldn't be here tonight. They wouldn't be here tonight. We need to step out in faith. That's the way I want to live. And when a group of people start stepping out in faith like that, I'm telling you, it ain't going to be a problem to fill a blank. It ain't going to be a problem. Because out of 11,000 students, there's got to be at least 10% of them who want to know Jesus. Because that's what we were made for. We were made for relationship with God. But the way God tells people is through people. We have to speak. We have to use our lips. We have to invite people. We have to walk by faith and not by fear. So we have to get out of our seats and start living by faith. That's what God is calling us to do. So tonight we're going to look at this passage in Matthew chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. And it's also up on this screen. We're going to start in verse 22. So this story is an incredible message about this man named Peter. He's a disciple of Jesus, this man's step of faith, and how Jesus has moved through that step of faith. So let's pray before we jump into it. Jesus, I pray that you would speak. I pray that this story that actually happened 2,000 years ago, a man stepped out of a boat and walked on water, just a human, walked on water, And you were standing on the water at the other side, walking towards him. God, help us to understand that this really, really happened 2,000 years ago. And the same thing can happen today as we step out in faith. Jesus can hold us up as we step out in faith. So, God, I pray that tonight that you would speak to each one of us. I pray that each of us would hear from you. God, I pray that heaven would rain down on this place and the Holy Spirit would speak to each person. God, we love you so much. pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so we're just going to just read through this story. Verse 22. And immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. So Jesus just got done preaching. He said, get in a boat. I'm going to dismiss the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, He came to them, so Jesus, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. What a bold dude. He's like, I'm coming. I'm walking on the water. You walk on the water? I'm walking on the water, brother. Come on. Verse 29. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus, or Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worship Jesus saying, truly you are the Son of God. Wow, what a story. So the main point there tonight is this. So if you get one thing, get this. We need to leave our comfort zones for the faith zone because this is where Jesus shows up and shows off. We need to leave our comfort zones for the faith zone because this is where Jesus Shows up and shows off. Jesus, does I mean, Jesus moves in our life when we're playing it safe. Like He'll still be with you and stuff, but it's not that much fun. Let's be honest. Like praying, Lord, help me get through this test. Come on, that's lame. Let's be bolder than that. Come on, like just praying prayers, just safe prayers. Jesus, help me to sleep well tonight. Okay, that's a good prayer I prayed every night. But come on, like, like you can sleep well without praying that prayer. Let's start getting out of our comfort zones and into this faith zone where Jesus can do His thing. Because I want to see God do the impossible. Or says in, or it says in a different place in Matthew. That all things are possible with God. I want to test him on it. Not that I'm trying to like, say, hey, are you God? Testing, testing. No. Like, I just want to say, hey, God, this is who you say you are, so I'm going to live my life in light of that. Let's leave our comfort zones for the faith zone. So the first point is this. We need to step out in faith because it makes room for God to do the impossible. I love this passage because it outlines an important thing that I think we forget. If we want to see Jesus move in our lives, then we have to take, take risks, okay? So that verse I read from Romans about the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God living inside of us, you're going to live a pretty normal life if you don't take any risks. But because the Spirit of God is inside of you, if you take those risks, the Spirit of God is inside of you. The same Spirit who healed people in the Bible, like, like there was one disciple, I think it was Peter, like, his shadow was healing people, okay? Like, people getting a shadow healed, just laying in a shadow. It says that. That same spirit, that, the same spirit that, uh, or that lived in Jesus, the same spirit that lived in Peter, can live in each of us. But it only happens when we take risks? Okay, I guess or having your shadow is not, like, a big risk. I, I didn't think about that before I said it. But to really see the Spirit of God move, we have to step out and say, hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray for healing? Like, guys, you see someone with a cast... Go for it. Pray, pray for him to be healed. I'm be mad at you for praying. What's the worst that can happen? He, the person doesn't get healed, and you're like, hey, cool, and you walk away awkwardly. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? That's about it. But what if the person gets healed? Think about that. Because so many students on this campus. The reality is, is we're hard-hearted. The college students, guys, we gonna be pretty hard-hearted towards God, and it takes a lot of layers to break through to get to the heart. But a healing, like a supernatural touch from God, that can break through those barriers. Doing it on our own, we're not going to be able to break through those barriers, but when the Holy Spirit shows up, or someone gets healed, come on. The impossible happens in someone's life, they're going to listen to you or a bit more than they would before if you're just saying, hey, I got my Bible, I'm excited. <laughs> they're not going to listen to you as much, but if the Holy Spirit actually shows up, it's a whole different ballgame. So we have to take risk if we want to see God do the impossible. So Jesus moves in the space that I call the faith zone. This is a zone where we have to rely on Jesus because if he doesn't show up, then we're going to fail. Like praying for someone to be healed, you cannot make them healed just by touching them. Like Jesus has to show up. You're putting it on Jesus saying, this is only you that can do this. I can't take credit. And Jesus likes to show up in those situations where he says, I'm the only one who can get the glory. That's where he likes to show up. But guys, if we play it safe, or if we just do everything that's possible in our own means, and, and how is Jesus going to get the glory? Because we could have just did that on our own. We need to take a risk, step into the faith zone. So, or so Matthew 14, verse 28 and 29 says this. And Peter, or Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. So think about this for a second. If Peter had not gotten out of the boat, then he wouldn't have walked on the water. Now, what a cool story to tell your kids. I walked on water. It was sweet. I may have fell at the end, but, hey, I walked on water. Think about that. If he didn't get out of the boat, he couldn't walk on water. If we want to see Jesus move, then we have to get out of the boat. We play it way too safe. And nothing's going to happen to you. I promise. Like, especially on this campus. like If you're in Iran or something, you're sharing the gospel, things can happen. Like you could get killed, but you're in America. Come on. Most people I, or identify as Christians, although, you know, we can talk about those stats some other time. But so, so most people say they're a Christian. Like, like what's the worst going to happen? Most people want you to pray for them. They think that's, a, like, a nice thing to do. Step out. Get out of the boat. You ain't going to sink. We have to replace our fear with faith and step out expecting Jesus to move but we have to make sure that Jesus is calling us to do these things. Now, praying for someone, you don't have to pray about that. Just pray for someone. Jesus ain't gonna be mad that you prayed for someone, but there's some other big life changes. Like, don't walk out of here and say, pastor said I gotta transfer. Pastor said I gotta change a major. I gotta take a risk. I'm leaving my scholarships because I wanna see God provide. Now, let's be smart here. God gave you those scholarships for a reason. I'm getting a text on my iPad. Sorry, I got distracted. So, <laughs> God gave you those scholarships for a reason. So, Peter said, if it is you, command me to come. So he checked first. So we should probably check if it's a crazy life decision. I don't want all you getting married to people you don't know when you're walking out of here. I have people matching up out in the hallway. Hey, let's do it. Faith, baby, faith. All the brothers are like, what's up? So. so we need to make sure that Jesus is actually calling us to do these things. And we're not just doing stupid things. Say, like, God, you got to show up. It's on you. So there's two ways to discern what God is calling us to do. The first thing is read the Bible. Bible says pray for people. It says share the gospel. You really don't have to think about that too much. Just go for it. But then there's other life decisions like I talked about. Like you need to pray, okay? So Bible reading and prayer and ask God, God, show me your will. In the Lord's Prayer, it says your will be done. So pray that every day. Say, God, show me your will. Make your will clear to me. Don't just do stupid things for the sake of doing stupid things. So so when Emma and I were sophomores here at UNI, we felt that God was calling us to do two things. One, get married. Two, go into ministry, which meant we had to transfer schools. And, and both of us had full-ride scholarships here, and it was a big step of faith. Okay. Uh, and the thing is, is we go back and forth, but, but whenever we thought about saying it just didn't feel right in our spirit. There's just like this dissonance you get in your spirit when it's just not right. Like we knew we needed to obey God. So, but there's some problems with this. The first thing is we're getting married young. We're only 20 years old. And most people don't get married in college. Those people who do get married, like right after high school, let's be honest, a lot of times we're like, okay, if you're married in here right out of high school, I'm not dissing you. But sometimes it's just like, oh, that's awkward. And then they divorce like a couple months later. But so, so it doesn't look the greatest to get married young. So our reputation. And then also we didn't have no money. Okay. And and it costs money to get married. If you want to do it well, I mean, you can just go to the courthouse. But if you want to actually have a party cost some money, and uh, <laughs> there's questions like, hey, how will you finish school, you're leaving your scholarships, there's so many different factors that played into this, but I just knew God wants us to do this, I'm like, God, we're stepping out, we have no money in the bank, like 20 bucks from Biscotti's, because I worked there, made zero dollars a week, it felt like, uh, so we trusted God to, to come through for the wedding, and for the school bills, and it was really cool, because for the wedding, like both of our parents, actually, my dad had just lost his job, and so that was a hard situation, and they didn't have a lot of money to pay for it, but it was really cool. Uh, one of Emily's family members got his inheritance around the same time, and he gave us, like, three grand. said, here you go. And it just came from nowhere. Like, okay. Like, or, or. So we didn't ask him, but he gave it to us because God told him to give it to us. So God took care of the wedding. And then when we got to school, first of all, just paying our bills was a problem. But God provided jobs, Target and Applebee's, didn't make a whole lot, but it was always enough every month to pay the bills. And then for school, our friendly she was out-of-state tuition at the U of M up in the Twin Cities, and I was going to a private college, way more expensive than you and I. Like, you and I, this is nice, This this is good price, way more expensive there. But for both of us, God, like, seriously, with all the loans and everything, provided just enough to pay our tuition. We had to pay for our room and board, we didn't get to take a scholarship for that. But God provided exactly for the tuition. The point of that is, and the cool thing is with that, if I wouldn't have left, if, or so, so, so if me and Emily wouldn't have left here, we wouldn't have been able to come back and be the pastors because you don't just go from student to pastor like that, like turn around. Because I just graduated college last year, so I'm pretty young. But like, it all had to work out that way for us to come back and to get the experience we needed to be ready for ministry. It all had to work out, and God had a plan. God had a plan the whole time. But if we hadn't gotten out of the boat, with full Fulbright scholarships, we'd be able to have extra money for just going and hanging out because you, I mean full Fulbright scholarships, you can take a grant. Party on. You have a bunch of money. So we had to step out of the boat, but then God has done impossible things. Like, right now, we wouldn't be here if God didn't call us to do that. So God knows what he's doing. And God may be speaking something to you tonight to step out and see him do the impossible. Not to just test him for fun, but to say, God, you're God. The Bible says you can do incredible things. You're calling me to do this, so I'm going to trust you with my whole heart. So what does this mean for us as students at UNI? Maybe Jesus is calling you to start giving of your finances, like maybe to the poor, to your church. You know, the Bible talks about giving 10% to your church. So don't worry, we're not taking an offering here. But God may be calling you to start trusting him with your money and to give 10% of that $200 paycheck. It's only 20 bucks, but give that to God and trust him. So maybe Jesus is calling you to share your faith with your friends. If you're honest with yourself, you've been pretty pretty timid your whole life in your faith. You haven't ever shared your faith. But tonight, Jesus is calling you to step out and trust him. and Say, hey, just watch me move. That's what Jesus is saying. Watch me do my thing. I can step in. Uh, or maybe Jesus is calling you to give up a bad relationship. Maybe you're in a dating relationship and you're just not honoring God. It's not going anywhere. And God's calling you to give that up and to trust him to bring you your spouse. There's so many things that God could be calling you to do. And maybe the Holy Spirit's already making that clear to you right now. And I just pray that you would ask God, is there something you want me to do to step out in faith? And if you, so if there's nothing, then you don't have to go do something stupid just for the sake of answering the question, okay? But if there's one thing you can do, you can share your faith. So you think about that. God's calling you to do that. If you're a Christian, you need to share your faith. If you're not a Christian... Tonight, Jesus wants to make your heart come to life. He wants to do something incredible. God wants to save you. But if you're a Christian, maybe you want to share your faith or start doing that. So Jesus doesn't only call us to get out of the boat to see him do the impossible. God also calls us to, to get out of our comfort zones so he can work on our hearts. When we get out of our comfort zones, God is able to work on our hearts. So the second point is this. We need to step out in faith because it pushes us to rely on Jesus. Jesus calls us to step out in faith because it's only in this faith zone where we can learn to truly rely on Jesus. For me and Emily, moving to Minneapolis, it's really expensive to live there. And for the first time, I didn't know if I was going to actually be able to pay my bills because I didn't have mom and dad paying the bills, didn't have school paying my bills. And sometimes it was scary, but I got to see God move. I got to see God say, I'm your father. I'll provide for you. I take care of the birds of the air. I'll take care of you. And he did it every single month. He always took care of us. And it taught me to rely on Jesus. So let's read about it here, verse 30 and 31. But when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Jesus, save me. And Jesus then reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So it's easy to read this and be like, Peter, you suck. You suck. All right, man, you're walking on water, you're doing your thing, and then you start stinking. What the heck are you doing, man? You really stink. I just said suck in a sermon. I don't care. We're on a college campus. I didn't say what I want. All right, so it's easy to condemn Peter. You know, why did he doubt? Why did Peter sink? He was already walking on water. Come on, you're already doing it, man. Why are you doubting? But I think if we jump to this, we're missing the point. Peter's a lot better off than the other dudes sitting in the boat crying like babies, okay? Ah, oh, it's storming. There's a ghost. Peter's like, I'm walking on water. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> so we can... So we can laugh at Peter, but he was kind of living laugh on the edge. If you ask me, stepping onto the sea, walking on water, although he did screw up at the end, dude was doing some cool things. So... And the cool thing about it was Peter learned to rely on Jesus. So it thinks that he started to sink, but Jesus caught him. Notice it says Jesus caught him. I don't know exactly what it says, but the point is, is Jesus grabbed him and kept him from sinking. And in that moment, Peter learned to rely on Jesus. Sometimes we're gonna step out in faith. We may fall on our face. Like maybe you'll pray for someone. The person's like, I don't know what you want from me, but go away. But in that moment, it's cool because you learn to rely on Jesus, and Jesus will catch you. Guys, you may be embarrassed. But Jesus will walk with you through that, and it teaches you to rely on him every single day. Too many of us live our lives far too safely. We never step out. We never face our fears. We never put ourselves in positions where we need to truly rely on Jesus. But this is the sweetest place to be in this faith area because that's the space where only Jesus can hold you up. You can't do things on your own power in that space. Peter could not prevent himself from sinking. Dude was going, unless Jesus. Dude could not, like, this. I'm going to get myself up. No, he's going down in the water. But Jesus caught him, and it brought him closer to Jesus in that moment. This is the sweetest place to be, to rely on Jesus, to pray for things that can only happen if Jesus shows up. It's easy to pray for things that, oh, I can make that happen. I can say, oh, God answered that prayer. That's cool. Start praying bold prayers. Start praying, God. Do the impossible in my life. Do the impossible in my friend's life. The dude who sits next to me in Sad's class. Do the impossible. I'm going to share my faith tomorrow, Lord. Do the impossible in his life. And just see what God does. And it teaches you to rely on him. So the biblical authors repeatedly refer to God as their father. That's a really interesting concept. Father. Like they call the God of the heavens and the earth. The 40, or there's way more than that, like 80 billion galaxies, more than that. That was when I was in freshman astronomy class, there's 80 billion, it's probably like more than that now, but the God of that many galaxies, they call him Father, and why do they call him Father? I think they called him Father because they really learned that God really is like our Father, he's there to catch us, God walks with us just like a good dad, like not a bad dad, a good dad, a father who is there to catch you when you fall, you take a couple of steps and you're walking, you fall over, the dad cheers, that's our God, that's our God, The biblical authors knew that God was their father. So because they knew that the God of the heavens and the earth was their father, they didn't just seek comfort and self-sustainability. Because they knew that God in heaven calls me son or daughter. That means I can trust him. So think of a little kid. They need their parents for everything. For food, shelter, protection. God wants us to trust in him in this way, trusting him for everything, saying, God, you're the source of my provision. God, you're the source of my growth. You're the source of getting good grades in my classes. God, you're the source of my relationship with other people. We need to learn to rely on him for everything, just like a child, like a little two-year-old, just relies on the parents for everything. We need to learn to rely on God like that. Think about a kid jumping in the pool, and the dad catches him. For me, I did that. I jumped in the pool. and was like, dad's catching me. I'm good jump in the pool, parents be there to catch them. And each time that the parent would catch me, I feel more, so each time I feel like I could rely on them more the next time. So the next time I'm doing a belly flop in their arms, come on, jumping in, because I can trust them. So that's why God wants us to learn to step out in faith because we learn to rely on him and to view him as our heavenly father, not just God, not just this taskmaster, do this, do that, but a father who loves us and is there for us, a God who's gonna catch us when we jump out in faith. We need to step out in faith so we can learn to rely on God for everything and to view Him as our dad. Then, if we learn to trust Jesus and and rely on Him for everything, then then when He begins to ask us to do bigger and bigger things that actually require more and more faith, then we're going to have the faith to do it. And God can do even more incredible things through your life because we learn to trust Him. We need to take these steps of faith. So maybe God is calling you to give him more of your time. If you're honest, you're not giving God any time. You don't really spend time with him. You don't connect to a local church or a ministry. You just don't really give God a whole lot of time. The thing that God is doing tonight, he's not condemning you for that. That's a cool thing. It says in Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's not condemning you, but he's saying, come out in faith. Give me more time. The homework will get done. Give me more time. Trust me. Step out. Maybe Jesus is asking you to forgive someone who hurts you. That takes a lot of faith. It seems like a small thing, but it takes a lot of faith to step out and forgive someone who hurts you. People have hurt us all across this room. There's been people who have hurt us. Like each of us have been hurt by someone at some point in our life. And I believe there's some of us in this room that are holding on to bitterness. Tonight, God is saying, step out in faith. Give it to me. Let me deal with that person. You don't need to deal with that person on your own. You don't need to execute justice. Let me deal with that person. Trust me. I'm your dad. I'll take care of that person. I'm going to lead that person to repentance. Trust me. If we want to learn what it's like to live a life fully dependent on God, then we have to take these steps of faith. And maybe they'll start out small, but we have to do it. It's by faith we're saved. Like faith is, is the prerequisite for salvation. We have to believe in Jesus to be saved. That's what the whole Christian life is about. We have to start trusting Jesus, and trusting that he really is alive. We don't just believe in some good teacher from 2,000 years ago. We believe in a living God. We rely on a Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. He can do the same kind of miracles in our life. We need to start really believing in this, and not just having a religion. Religion is pointless. Just doing rules, saying, hey, I'm going to go to church, or go wherever, and just do these things so God will love me. That's dumb. I'm sorry if that offends you. That's dumb. God loves you before you do anything. God loves you when you're in your filth. He calls you out of that, forgives you of that before we do anything. And then we are motivated by love to follow Him. Because we don't follow God. We don't do good things to get God to love us. God already loves us. And that should motivate us to live a life of faith and to trust Him. Say, He's my dad. The Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. Think about that. I'm going to say it a couple more times but then I think about that. It's so cool. The Spirit of God lives inside of us. If you're a Christian, now if you're not a Christian, the Spirit of God can live inside of you. And we're going to pray for that in a few minutes, and you're going to get saved. I'm believing that. I'm believing that God is going to change your life. But if you're already a Christian, the Spirit is already there. The Spirit is already there. So the third thing is this tonight, and this is it. We need to step out in faith because it glorifies Jesus. The final reason we see in this passage for stepping out in faith is because it glorifies God. When we we live these lives that are willing to step out into the unknown and and step out into these spaces that actually require God to move, then when he does move, it glorifies him. We can't take credit for it. People say, only God. Only God could do that. Wow, that's incredible. Only God could do that. And that glorifies him because we can't take credit. You know, you pray for that test, and you're a great student. You're probably going to get an A without God. So let's say you pray for it, you get an A, and people are like, you've an A's on everything. Come on, that wasn't God. That was just you. But if you're a really crappy student, let's be honest, you get D's, and you're, like, not studying and you're praying for God. So I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just trying to, trying to make a point. So you get D's, and then you pray for God, step in and move. God, I didn't study at all, but you move. And then you get an A people are like, God was up to something there because that person could not get an A if his life depended on it. Not telling you to do that. But we need to start stepping out into these spaces because it glorifies God. And people say, only God, only by God's power could that person get healed. Only by God's power could, could, he be, could God be using that person to reach out to others. That person was so far from God, and now that person is reaching out to others. That's only God. Only by God's power can that person walk away from that lifestyle and find healing. Only God. So, verse 33 really captures this. And those in the boat worship Jesus, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. This should be our goal in everything we do. For people to look at our lives and say, Wow, Jesus really is the Son of God. He's not just some historical figure. This man is the son of God. He is God himself. We'll talk about that another time, how he can be man and God. So not tonight. But Jesus is the son of God. I want people to look at my life and say, only Jesus. Only Jesus. That's what I want people to see when they look at my life. They see Jesus. So when we step out in faith and obey Jesus and rely on him, it glorifies God. It gives God room to show up and show off in our lives. Show his power, not mine. Show his power. So, there's a story in the book of Judges from chapter 7. It's about this man named Gideon, and this man was the leader of the Israelite army, and he's preparing to go into battle. And God tells him, He says, You got too many people in your army, because if you win, dude, you could take credit for that. So, tell some of your soldiers to go home. Go home. So, dude comes up, says, All right, I got 2,000 people now, or something like that. God says, No, go tell more of them to go home. So then Gideon comes back and has 300 people. And God's like, all right, 300 people versus thousands and thousands of other guys? That's going to make me look good. So let's read it. Verse 2, the Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many for me to give the, or the Midianites into their hand. Lest there's Israel boast over me, saying, my own hand has saved me. So God is saying, you got to get down to 300. Because if it's only 300, that's going to show my power. That ain't going to show your power, Gideon. Sometimes God, God likes us to go into these situations of insurmountable odds to show off and say, I'm God. That person didn't do it on their own. I am God. And that's why I want to start praying for more people to be healed. Like, I'm telling you, every person on this campus who has a cast, we need to pray for them. Because only God can show up. I can't heal somebody. That's one of the most visible things where we can see God's power, where we can't do it on our own. I want to see God healing people on our campus. I want you to start praying for God to give you words of knowledge and words of wisdom. So these situations are just where God speaks to you something very specific about someone and it's something you shouldn't know. So I'm starting to ask God, God, give me these messages because if I go up to this person and totally read their mail, they're gonna know God is real and that you love them. And that's the whole point, not to do crazy things. That's not the point. We're not after all these miracles just for the sake of, guys, we're after these things because we wanna see Jesus move. And God, I wanna see people that are standing there and saying, Jesus loves me. There's no way that person can know that about me. I want to start stepping out into situations where God has to show up. I don't want to play it safe because that's boring, first of all, and life's too short. James said last week, or life is a mist. It's too short to play it safe. Christianity was not meant to be played safe. It's not like the other religions. No disrespect if you're another religion. It's not like the other religions. Christianity is about a living God and a Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. And I want to see him show up. I want to see that Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that shows up in the scriptures, show up on this campus. I want to see it. I want to see him move. Because I believe God is unstoppable. And I believe nothing is impossible with God. And if I really believe that in my head, I should actually act it out. That's the thing. It needs to go from our head to our hearts. So I want to ask you right now, do you believe God is who he says he is? Do you believe that the same spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you? Think about it. Do you really believe it? So James actually says this. It's a different passage, but says, show me your faith by your works. If you really believe it, then show me. Let's do it. Let's do it. Worship team, come up. We're about to go crazy in here. That's all I'm saying. We need to move in prayer team as well as Stein's. Boom, I got it. I always forget the prayer team. So... So the Steins, incredible couple, they'll be down here. If you want prayer during worship, go get some prayer. So we need to move from our comfort zones into the faith zone. We need to be obedient to Jesus no matter what the risk or the cost. You know, maybe Jesus is calling you to be a missionary. Maybe he's calling you to share your faith with a friend or pray for a friend. I don't know what it is, but I know that Jesus wants us to be obedient, to do what he calls us to do. This is where he's glorified. If we want to see Jesus worshipped as the son of God on this campus and in the life of our friends, then we need to step out in faith. That's what's so cool about God. He could just show up right now, show everybody I'm God and everyone can believe. But God wants to use people like us to bring him to our friends. We have to be obedient. We have to partner with God. God likes to partner with people to do incredible things. God doesn't want us to sit on the sidelines as he does everything. God wants us to partner with him. this is going to look different for each of us. But we need to be diligent to discern the will of God and be obedient when Jesus calls us to do something. So like I said, the main point tonight is this. We need to leave our comfort zones for the faith zone because this is where Jesus shows up and shows off. So God is calling each of us to trust him. We far too often rely on ourselves. Let's be honest. For those of us who are Christians, we're not really living our lives like the Bible says we should live it. We're playing it way too safe. You know, that's that's kind of the American in us. You know, I'm independent. I can do things on my own. I don't need other people. I don't need God. If I pull up my bootstraps, I can do this. But the Bible paints this picture where we're called sons and daughters of God who are in desperate need of him to move in our lives. Sons and daughters of God who are fearless, who step out in faith say I believe you're real I believe you're there I'm going to put it on you God you show up you do your thing so maybe you're a follower of Jesus in this room and you've played it safe you don't share your faith with your friends you don't take or you don't take risk you spend most of your day just taking it easy now like I said there's no condemnation that's the thing guys I'm in this boat I struggle with this I'm an introvert I don't like to step out I kind of like to hang out by myself, do my thing. But God's been speaking to my heart so clearly, saying, Daniel, you can't play it safe. And all I'm doing is just relaying the message that God has been preaching to me, because this has been the message. He's just preaching to me, it just hit me right in the heart. And God's speaking it to all of us tonight. It's for our group. We need to rely on Jesus each and every day, taking steps of faith. If we want to see God move on this campus, and in our lives, we have to get out of the boat. Peter could never tell that story about, or about walking on the water if he hadn't stepped out of the boat. And we only get a couple years here at UNI, and I want to tell stories about when I was at UNI, it was the greatest revival the campus had ever seen. It was incredible. I can't even explain it to you, God just showed up all over the place, in the WRC and Lang Hall. God showed up in the Union, God showed up in Schindler. Like, go over to Schindler. Pray for some construction workers. I'm telling you. God showed up all over the place. And it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I want to tell those stories. I don't want to play it safe. It's too easy just to go through the motions and maybe read your Bible a couple times a week. Go to a campus ministry. Say, oh, it was fun. I learned some things about Jesus. But I don't just want to learn about Jesus. I want to see Jesus moving on our campus. I want to know Jesus. I don't want to know about him anymore. I just want to know him. God, I want to know you. This is what we want for our group in the place where we know Jesus is on the water, not in the boat. The place where we learn to rely on Jesus is in the water. I want to get out. Let's go. Come on. I'm ready. Let's go right now. We're going. We're going to share our faith. We're going into the dorms. Let's go. I'm ready right now. And then there's maybe some of us who, you're thinking, what is this crazy dude talking about? Walking on water, praying for people. I hope he doesn't pray for me. I'm scared. Guys, maybe that's you tonight and you're not a follower of Jesus, but you're asking the question, how can I be a follower of Jesus? It's really actually pretty basic. To follow Jesus, to have eternal salvation, you just need to trust in him. It's it's about faith, like I said, just trusting in him. We're not good people. None of us can live up to God's standards on our own. In front of God, we're broken, rebellious, and sinful. Because God is so holy, and we cannot measure up. We've been sinning since we were born. The beautiful thing is God did not leave us there. He sent his only son to be born as a baby. Think about that. God born as a baby, that's whack. God sent his own son to be born as a baby. He grew up. Jesus went through all the same stuff we go through, same temptations, but he lived a perfect life. And he became so popular where people were, getting ready to put him on a throne and say, Jesus, we're going to crown you king. Think about that. That would be kind of cool to be a king. Jesus was a man and God, but Jesus was a man, and that temptation was there to be king. But Jesus said, no, I'm going to lower myself because I know that this world cannot be fixed just by this new king coming. This world can only be fixed through sin being fixed, and the only way that can be fixed is through the price being paid on the cross. Because each of us have rebelled against God, and it says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The only way to pay that penalty is through death. And Jesus, on the cross, paid the penalty for each of us. He took care of the problem. He didn't want to just get on his throne and take care of external problems. He wanted to take care of our hearts. So many of us are trying to take care of our lives externally. Like, hey, I'm going to be a better person. Hey, I'm going to go to church next week. No, Jesus wants to deal with your heart, the sin problem that's there. And he did that on the cross. And the cool thing is he didn't just die. Jesus went in the grave and then defeated the grave. He rose from the dead. And we can historically prove it. Like, like it's crazy. History actually supports the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no other way to explain it. There's no other way. Come talk to me if you're, like, want to debate. I'll debate you. Come on. There's no other way to explain it. This man rose from the dead saying, I surely am God. That's someone we can trust in. And then... Few days later, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. And behold, I'll be with you to the very end of the age. And the Holy Spirit is right here, right now, the living God. If you want to be part of that tonight or tonight, you just got to put your faith in Jesus. Say, Jesus, I trust you. So if you guys would stand with me, this series is just a cry from the bottom of my heart and from God's heart to give our all until we breathe our last breath. I don't wanna play it safe. I don't wanna take things easy. I wanna go hard. The disciples went hard. Jesus says the same Holy Spirit who lived in the disciples, who lived in Jesus, lives inside of me, and I wanna live that life. That seems way too fun to miss out on. We as a group, I believe God is calling us to be a group that walks by faith and believes him for the impossible. To believe God, or who believes God for the impossible in our own lives and also in this group, to see every student on this campus transformed by the love of Christ. And he wants to use each and every one of you in this room. You're here for a reason. You're not here by accident tonight. God has you here for a reason. And he wants to light you on fire and send you to this campus to reach every single student. I believe that with all my heart. And God also wants to transform your own life. And God wants you to step out in faith in your own personal life. I just know there's bitterness in this room. There's unforgiveness. Tonight's the night. Give it up. Forgive that person. I don't know who that's for, but that's for someone in this room. If you're holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness, get out of the boat. Forgive that person. See what God does. Let's be a group that walks on water and lives by faith. So if you guys would bow your heads and close your eyes. Every week, we have two ways to respond. The first way is for Christians just to respond to the message and say, hey, you know, that message spoke to me and I just want to I actually do what the message was talking about. The second question is for people who want to put their faith in Christ. So if you're just like, tonight I need to put my faith in Christ, just wait for the second question, all right? Because Jesus is going to do something. So the first thing is this you're a Christian, but if you're honest, you've let fear dictate a lot of your decisions. You've been living in fear and not by faith. But tonight you want to say, I'm living a life of faith. I'm trusting Jesus. I'm going to obey him when he tells me to do something no matter what the cost may be. And this is for me. This is a message to me. So I'm raising my hand. If that's you and you're with me, just raise your hand right now. Tons of hands going up. Pretty much everybody in this room. It's incredible. We can put those down. Second thing is this. If if you walked in this room and you're not a Christian, the buck stops here. Tonight, put your faith in Christ. I just believe that God wants to do something incredible. Christianity is not about you becoming a good person. It's about your dead heart coming to life. And the Holy Spirit can bring your heart to life right now. If that's you and you want to put your faith in Jesus, be the person that God is destined you to be and have a relationship with God. Just raise your hand right now, just put it up. Is there anybody in this room? Is there anybody at all? All right, let's pray. Jesus, we love you, we thank you. God, we pray that as a group we be a people who get out of the boat and walk on water. because God, we believe the same spirit. Saint spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. And we believe that this Bible, the scriptures, is not just a story. It's alive and it actually happened. And God, we want to see that happen on this campus. God, we want to see it happen in our own lives. God, help us to step out in faith and to trust you. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We pray all this in your name. Amen.